How's that? Oh my goodness. There's the sound is broken, which is good because you missed my humming. I was humming at the start of the episode, and you've uh, you've all escaped that. Apologies, everyone, for that weird sound. What was that? How long of me talking without talking? About a minute. Fan dabby dozy. This is supposed to be a film material episode, and it's escalated violently into a a bit of a marathon, which is fun. It, it should be fun. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. Uh, the, 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 I don't know what happened. Uh, OBS decided it was going to do that thing where it just ignores um, the, the microphone input. It's fine. Uh, I fixed it. So, whoop, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, COVID stats. Nothing to really... Oh, no, that's not COVID stats. Nothing to really report. Uh, rail is... So this this drop will probably get corrected as the numbers keep getting corrected a, a week or two afterwards, which means that we're sort of sat... Rail is sat at 80% uh, pretty sturdily. Um, we had to sort of a bit of a peak before. The thing that's interesting, though, the thing that's going to be interesting for rail is um, new timetable. New timetable. Uh, what's the new timetable going to do? Uh, so who knows? Uh, because the timetable is reducing trains for a lot of people, and if it's and it's it's making trains a lot less convenient. So people are even even if the number of seats isn't changing because they've they've put an extra coach on it or whatever. Um, it's you know the choices that people have. You know the frequency is freedom. I don't say that because it's a cute sounding uh, tagline. I say it because. Uh, that's how people are able to reach work is by having enough trains that they can use the train without being, you know, 45 minutes earlier out of bed or, you know, an hour later arriving at home. The frequency is how you get through these things. But anyway, you know, we're, we're going to continue paying attention to this and see what happens. Um, if there's a particular drop, I'll have to add in another yellow thingy like this one saying, uh, you know, new timetable. Anyway, there we go. Uh, next piece. So the news... Um, the the news is, is is well, it was um it was International Day against um, it was Ida Hobbit, which is International Day against homophobia, biphobia, and transphobia, and um and it's worth us just uh, revisiting, kind of before we go into the transport news, just having a look at um, you know this is a trans friendly and a uh, LGBTQ plus friendly show. Uh, hello, hello, uh, LGBTQ plus friends. Hi, I'm waving. Uh, yeah, like a weirdo. Hi, hi, hi. Um, uh, yeah, stand up for transport, everyone, because the reason why Britain has dropped from first in the rankings of the best places to live in, in Europe or the safest places in Europe to live um, as an LGBTQ plus person, um, we've dropped down to 14th in the rankings. And that is acknowledged by the organization who does these rankings, um, uh, ILGA Europe, acknowledged by that group as being pretty much entirely because of the continuing anti-trans rhetoric that's being normalized by politicians, by the media, so on. So um, uh, screw those guys. And everyone, as best as you can, just just be really vocal about standing up for trans people because uh, we need to make people feel, particularly our, our trans, trans friends, feel that they're safe uh, here because everything else is going to shit. The last thing we want is for people to feel actively unsafe. Uh, you know, hate crimes have been increasing. Uh, across the board since since 2016 um you know not to, to lgbtq plus people not just trans people but uh, gay people as well um you know it, it's it, not good so be outspoken uh, stand up be a good ally all that good stuff and and listen listen to lgbtq plus people listen to trans people listen to their voices um uh, yes anyway right next next news item so 
the next news item is, well, we, we did a, ter- a ScotRail episode recently, didn't we? Well, ScotRail are in a bit of turmoil um, because they're struggling to... And, and for anyone who doesn't know, people perhaps south of the border, Scotland's rail service has been a bit of a mess for quite a long time. Like the Sunday service has been useless. There have been problems with services outside of Sundays as well. Serious problems. Uh, and ScotRail, uh, yeah, some, some, some challenges. And indeed, you know, there is... Um, uh, basically, ScotRail are looking to cut their timetable to deal with what they're calling the shortage of drivers, which is potentially true anyway, because drivers are starting to work to rule. Um, and rightly so, because for years, the industry has survived off drivers doing overtime. And maybe maybe it's not good for welfare for a, a, a drive, you know, workforce to be working constant overtime, you know, weekend hours and, and, and extra hours. It's probably not a good thing for safety either. You know, let's maybe employ the right number of drivers that we can run the right service. Yeah, it might cost a bit more, but it's a public service. It's worth investing in. These are good quality jobs that then people can, you know, uh, spend money on other things, pay taxes, blah, 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 uh, and, and increase revenue for Scotland. So, come on, um, ScotRail, sort it out. We want ScotRail to thrive. We want Scotland's uh, newly nationalised train operator to thrive. Um, don't screw it up by underpaying uh, uh, and screwing over your staff and your drivers. So, um, yeah, strike time too. So... What else is in the news? Um, oh, yeah, this is an interesting one. So a new law plan to allow uh, the pri- public use of private e-scooters in the UK. Uh, the government is planning to introduce, le- introduce legislation to fully legalise the use of e-scooters. So uh, they might be allowed soon, e-scooters. This is good. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, good news. Good. Micromobility is, is uh, okay, sometimes a bit daft, but in the case of e-scooters, I'm a big fan. Uh, they, they, yeah, I, I think they're a good thing. They're, they're like bicycles, except you don't have to pedal. You know, it's fine. Um, and yes, it's you know, pedaling is nice for health, but also uh, standing up and traveling around. These things are tiny. They're light. Um, they're pretty safe. Yes, yeah, good stuff. Oh yes, there's a there's a conference. There's the, the very light rail National Innovation Center. There's a conference coming up, and I'm going to go. And it's time to find out what the hell VLR is. Uh, so I'm going to do a rail network episode at this thing. But there, there, there is this very light rail National Innovation Centre that's... I don't know when it opened. It might have opened ages ago. But, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the finding out what... I'm going to find out what VLR is. And we're going to look at it. And, we're, and I'm going to do a pre-record episode. Um, and that'll go out at the time that Rail Live is, is on. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that, everyone. Uh, there's a little tease, by the way, for the non-patron people. Patron people know all this stuff because they've got access to my planner. If you want to be a patron person, then uh, yeah, do that. Patreon.com slash Gareth Dennis. Uh, hint, hint. Anyway, um, oh, another story. This is just shared on Twitter a couple of days ago, which is just, just you know, we, we see landslides and the impacts of, of extreme weather conditions uh, in, in the UK quite a bit, but the scale of destruction that we've seen in, in India, in Assam state, um, is just spectacular. Look at the mess. Look at this absolute... I mean, this is just an enormous amounts of damage you know where, where, where do you start with some of these earthworks that this an entire it's just staggering uh, where would even start the scale of the i mean look at this look at this look at this i'm doing a big arrow because i know this is red on green but i think you can see what i'm, I'm scribbling look at this crikey it's just there, there's a void underneath the railway where do you even start to reinstate that good grief um anyway and you know this this entire train being washed this this train here being washed over uh, as part of another landslide, just enormous destruction. Crikey! Oh yeah, here he is, Yolo. Shout out to Yolo Williams. Um, yeah, people still don't know what HS2 is for. This is a funny tweet for a variety of reasons. Um, 
this is, of course, Yolo Williams here complaining um, third time that uh, um, Yolo has had to sit in a vestibule. Here he is. And, of course, that means that uh, somehow, given that he's in a vestibule on an Avanti West Coast train, the idea that he then says, we don't need HS2, we need proper investment in the current rail network, is incredibly funny. Uh, he then also doesn't tag the right Twitter account, whatever. Um, this is very funny. What's less funny is that this has 24,000 likes on Twitter. Good grief. I mean, that's 24,000 incredibly stupid people. I'm, I'm not, you know, H forget explaining HS2, but, but actively liking something that is probably the most transparently easy to understand benefit of HS2, which is that it will mean that there is more capacity in the West Coast mainline, is quite staggering. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't really know what to make of this. Well, it, it escalated and many, many things came out of it. But um, simultaneously, the uh, the Centre for Cities um, published a blog. Uh, when did they publish a blog? Uh, a few days ago. Uh, Guillermo, Guillermo Rodriguez. Sorry if I pronounced mispronounced your name. Um, in any case, this blog from the Centre for Cities is also bunkum. There's lots of good analysis in it. I'm just going to point out lots of good analysis in it. But um, the uh, yeah the the fact that this oh, this 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 so this blog has lots of good analysis, but that good analysis is talking about uh, suburban connectivity being more important than intercity connectivity, which is like yes, correct. That's what hit, that's what HS2 achieves. That's what high speed rail achieves in the UK. You know that's what the point of HS2 is. So there's this uh, once again this disconnect of people who this, the, the the new Economics Foundation did this, the NEF did it which is um, completely missing the point of high-speed rail and then basically making the case for high-speed rail, framing it in an anti-high-speed railway. So this is incredibly frustrating. Reassuringly, though, um, the Centre for Cities, they tweeted this out and um, everyone... Uh, oh, I got rid of the QTs, but the QTs were basically like... There's like 20 quote tweets and all of them were... Uh, uh, yeah, all of them were uh, hostile, saying this is really stupid. So... Uh, Centre for Cities, sort yourselves out. Don't publish uh, to all think tanks out there, all thinky tankies. Um, speak to rail people before you publish this crap, okay? Just just have a chat with a rail person and just double check with them. Economic, you know, economists vastly exceeding their expertise is uh, both the problem with HS2's supporters and op opposition. You know, uh, for too long, ec economists have tried to justify the need for HS2, which is why they did such a bad job until rail engineers came along and told them how to, t how to sell it. And uh, Sorry, McNaughton, I'm not talking about you. You did also did not know how to sell that railway. Um, oh, here we go. £18 billion for London. It's the Queen. She's the Queen, and she's opening the Elizabeth Line line. Um, yep, there it is, purple. Very nice. It's not a tube line. It's a heavy rail line. It's uh, it's it's not a tube line, folks. In any case. Um, so, uh, yes, £18 billion for London. Or, if Boris is to be believed, here he is, creeping around in the back. There's this, this creepy guy here. If Boris is to be believed, actually about £50 billion for London. Because Boris, uh, yeah, he just got excitable. He remembers someone told him what Crossrail 2 is. Actually, he knew, he knew in really little detail because he referred to it as the Chelsea Hackney line. Um, but what Boris said is um, that Boris should, uh, that, that London should be getting on with building Crossrail 2. Um, so, okay, we'll forget the fact that, firstly central government is defunding uh london so they can't proceed with critical projects like you know the bakerloo line extension is critical Cr crossrail 2 is critical these are good things fine um but also uh you know they're defunding uh, tfl's operation you know they are going to be running out of money in in about a month um 
But the last frustrating thing is that means 50 billion for London. And I'm not saying that Crossrail 2 shouldn't be going ahead when other things should be. But time and time again, people say, oh, you know, London, you know, it's important London has investment and London gets investment. And then none of that money ever appears outside the M25. So if £50 billion is OK for London, then why in the hell are the Public, public Accounts Committee um, suggesting, firstly, making up a figure for the underground station at Manchester Piccadilly of £5 billion. That's just a made-up number. It, it just doesn't stand up to any level of scrutiny. But secondly, why, why is £5 billion, even if it was £5 billion, so fucking what? If you're willing to spend 80... If we've just seen 18 billion quid get spent in London on Crossrail, rightly, you know, but why can't 18 billion... You could, if you spent 18 billion quid on Birmingham and Manchester and Leeds, you could deliver a new cross-city line buried underneath, Manchester, uh, underneath Birmingham Street. You could deliver uh, everything that Manchester needs in terms of Pickvic, in terms of the underground station, and you could deliver a mass transit system for Leeds. You could do all of those things for 18 billion quid, and yet government refuses to. So, yeah, it's um, sorry if I appear uh, irate, but it's just incredibly frustrating to see Boris just like offhandedly refer to Crossrail 2 while his government is presiding over massive cuts to any level of useful investment outside of the M25. It's incredibly frustrating. And sure enough, uh, oh, yeah, oh, sorry, there's a quote from this is a, a new civil engineer piece. Uh, hi, hi, Rob Hackman. Uh, Hackman, sorry. Actually, Rob, I, ping me a message, tell me how to pronounce your last name. That's very rude of me. Anyway, it's Rob at the... Uh, there, there are multiple Robs at, uh, at New Civil Engineer, but anyway, hi, Rob. Rob H. Um, yeah, I got quoted at the end of it, and I got kind of angry. So, uh, talk about horrible compromise of an above-ground terminal station. Uh, you know, uh, okay, two billion... Okay, it's actually... It's, it's more like two to three... Some people say it's three billion plus... This is all kind of making the point for me. In the, if, if an enormously complicated Euston station is costing about that much, how on earth is five billion extra for the underground station anything other than deliberate exaggeration, which is indeed what I've called it, deliberate exaggeration. Um, and then the fact that they've not done any analysis to just to, 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 on the fact that, that even if it is that much, which it isn't, frankly, um, even if it is that much, fine, spend it. The benefits are there. So, yeah, so I, I kind of finish off by saying uh, I'm going to do me voice. This government's proposal, steered hard by the Treasury, a scorched earth plan intended to make construction of the full Northern Powerhouse Rail almost impossible and to limit the benefits of these major infrastructure investments. Yeah, I, I, scorched earth. Uh, I'm, it's just deliberate to, to prevent Northern Powerhouse Rail from being built in full. It's, it's incredibly cynical. So, yeah, I'm angry about that. And funnily enough, um, as a result of that, levelling up is obviously failing. There's an interesting bit of analysis that uh, that was up in Bloomberg, actually, looking at um, looking at the various regions. Everything in pink here is um, behind London. Um, uh, at, sorry, was behind London in 2019 and is falling or unchanged. So uh, that's a lot of pink, folks. Um, the stuff that is sort of... Um, uh, where is there's even some places have actually fallen behind, like fallen further behind, which are the, the kind of the dark purple places. The blue places are places that were behind in 2019, but are leveling up, which is about 31% of uh, places in the Northeast. The Northeast seems to be doing pretty well everywhere else. Not at all. West Midlands, no overall leveling up. 4% of constituencies are leveling up in Yorkshire and Humber. 21% in the Northwest. It's just really not good enough, is it? It's not, not very good at all. Um, and actually, even places kind of near London, Thames and Solent is uh, falling behind as well. So, yeah, not not great, really. Um, not great at all. Anyway, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, the key point is that lots of parts of London itself are, are gaining. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, well, have a look at that analysis. An interesting little uh, uh, interesting piece of analysis there in Bloomberg. Give it a Google. 
um, worth a read. Um, so, lots of port power politics, yeah. Uh, oh, lots of queries going on. Right, I'll go on then. I'll leave this up while we... Uh, actually, I'll leave the previous thing up while I and get rid of my scribbles uh, while I go through and answer some questions. Let's see. Go on, what's going on here? Intercity-sized trains in a metro environment. Purple train, yeah, exactly. Um, Johnson defunded Crossrail 2. He did. Uh, yeah, da 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 Let's see. Uh, yeah, Manchester is run by Labour and won't deliver any blue votes. Yeah, precisely. Michael C. Don't forget that Boris was literally responsible for crossing. Yeah, exactly. Underground platforms are the best for Manchester. Absolutely. Um, did I do a Martin Lewis? Well, I, it's not. I, I tried to. I tried to keep this reasonably family friendly. But you know, uh, as I was saying, the language one uses and the words one uses is usually less offensive than the actual intent. And uh, uh, yeah, so there we go. Da 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 da. Uh, Michael C. Could the extra cost be from the tunnels? Well, yeah, they're including cost. Basically, they, they've, they've thrown everything they can, including the kitchen sink, into that price to inflate it as high as they possibly can so that they can make their point. Um, anyway, there we are. Lovely. So, what else have we got? Uh, yeah, so leveling up is failing. Um, uh, talking of which, uh, here, here's Oakhampton. Uh, the, the, the reopened Oakhampton... Well, it's not really reopened. They're just starting to run mainline trains to it, and they really have the track between there and um, uh, and Exeter, uh, or, or rather between there and the Tark line. Um, yeah, good stuff. 50,000 journeys in the first 20 weeks, which is... Uh, yeah, so good. All, all good stuff. Lots of... Po yeah, very popular. They've doubled services, so the trains are now hourly, which is still not that much. But hourly, an hourly rural service is not that bad, frankly. Um, so that's good. Uh, obviously, they need to finish it by connecting it up to... Okay, lots of people say connect up to Tavistock and it's workable. That's a bit of a... My preference would be that you'd go... You'd, you'd make quite drastic alterations to the alignment to, to achieve that so that you could uh, make it an actual main line. But anyway, even if you did use mostly the existing... or the, or the former railway alignment, you could, you know, that, that would be a, an alternative main line. Any case, uh, good, marvellous, lovely. Oakhampton, at some point I'll find an excuse to use it. Uh, maybe, get the, maybe cycle down to Oakhampton on the tar via the Tarka Trail. That'd be fun. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, lovely. Reston, talking of places, here is a slightly weird and slightly pixely image of the assembly of Reston Station. They've put the, put the footbridge in. There's, there's slightly weird architectural choice to have one skew and one square... Um, lift shaft but anyway i, I suppose it's a bit of a faff because it's up on an embankment blah 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 but anyway wrestling station um uh here it is with a pretender zoom in it and all cgi'd and everything so i mean it's got like a it's got like a where, where's my mouse it's got like a di diamond and a square pl in plan it's, it's a bit bit of an odd choice but whatever uh there it is there's some stairs there's there's the lift uh yeah fine whatever there you are Reston Station. Great. This is this is a Scottish station, but I don't think it's going to get served by ScotRail, um, which is a bit strange. Uh, so you know, and if we go to uh, so so this is off the Transpennine Express website. Hello, friends at Transpennine Express. Um, although boo to you at the moment because you need to do do what the union is asking you to do for goodness' sake. Just you know, pay your staff properly. Anyway, excitement of bookings reached new heights ahead of Reston Station opening. Yeah, marvelous. Yeah, it's going to open um, on Monday. Actually, it's opening on Monday. It'll be the 6 a.m. or the 6.16 a.m. service from Edinburgh will be the first passenger train, which will stop at Reston, which is exciting. Um, uh, and since the timetable change in December, this is this is kind of the thing buried. They've buried the lead here because this is quite interesting. Um, since the, the timetable change in December, more than 100, basically nearly 120,000 customers have um, have been traveling on the Edinburgh to Newcastle stopping service. Yeah, good. Do more of that. 
you know, I, I know that Newcastle Edinburgh is only you know, the fastest connection remains the the main line, but I would prefer us to do more stopping. Given the the better acceleration we get from from newer trains, I prefer all the trains to be stopping services to stop everywhere, because then you really would have a good connection. You'd have a good kind of, and then people who want to go Edinburgh Newcastle still get a reasonably good connecting service. You know, you can maybe run one fast every every now and then, but you know, my preference always is for homogenization of the service. But um, yeah, that's so that's quite interesting. Stopping services. People do like to use them. Funny that. Maybe we shouldn't be implementing, um, uh, you know, an integrated rail plan that would obliterate those stopping services. Hmm. I am stroking my beard. Hmm. Uh, hopefully that. Yeah. John Christoph makes a good point. Hi, John. Friend of the show. Um. Hopefully that opening doesn't get delayed as much as the other resting station in Virginia. Yeah. I. I. Uh, I did spot that there is another resting station. Was I was when I was looking for images. There are very few images of our resting station. There are quite a lot of the um of the Virginia resting station. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, right, right, right. Enough of me waffling on. So, that's all that. Yeah, Reston. And indeed, brand. here's some branding. Branding is going to be the, the, the aim of our discussion tonight, and it's going to be good fun. Uh, it's already 22 minutes past seven. Bloody Nora. Uh, in any case, let's get on with this thing. It's, it's, it's all good fun stuff, branding. Good. Oh, it's going to be a, It's going to be fun. It's going to be a whistle stop fun tour. You're going to get angry at me. Hopefully not. We'll see. Um, oh, yeah, open access. That's a very good point, B-Crossing. We'll get to that. Anyway, right, enough of me waffling. Let's do this. Welcome to tonight's Rail Natter. And as the Intercity 225 fades away, there it goes. You're all saying it. It's not really a catchphrase, is it? But anyway, um, so back in back in a million years ago, we did episode twenty, where we which was the first in this slightly slightly wonky series, which is um, uh, so just what structure should Britain's railways have anyway? So we talked about structure, and I'm going to reference that uh, slightly because I, you know I, this is this is kind of another in my series of how how ideally would the railway network look like? So. Uh, Xander is asking if having schnapps whilst uh, watching Xander, our Austrian correspondent, is asking if having schnapps while watching Rail Natter is a step too far. It absolutely is not. No, uh, it very much is is not uh, a step too far. In fact, I'm going to have a drink of water. Not oh, my bottle's empty. Well, that was exciting. Um, I've now filled my lungs with air. Good. Uh, let's make my face appear. Let's let's bring it up here. Where am I? Small face. Hi everyone. I'm up in the top corner. So. Uh yeah, post uh, Xander absolutely. Um, so that's that's what I was waffling on about. Uh, that was the episode. So let's start with the name. Let's start with the branding. Let's let's just there, there are a couple of elephants in the room, and the name of Great British Railways is absolutely one of them. So you know we have Great British Railways, the William Shatz plan, GBR as everyone's referring to it. But um, you know this is a stupid name. Why is it a stupid name? It's not necessarily about the flag waving although that's clearly part of it, it's because so much of this long name is redundant. You don't need the great, and you don't need ways. There is already a name that, that, that works, that's so much neater and so much clearer, and hopefully the thing that everyone's going to refer to them as anyway. I'm going to be calling them British. As soon as it's a thing, I'll be calling it British Rail. Um, this is... Uh, yeah, thanks for roaming out of crap. Yes, I did say filling lungs with air. Yes, fine. Um, so... Anyway, yeah, no, just get rid of the great and the ways. For goodness sake, it's it's British Rail. So, yeah, it should be British Rail. Come on. 
the public are going to call it British Rail. I'm going to be calling it British Rail. It's British Rail, right? So, firstly, the name is British Rail. It's not Great British Railways. Yes, that's jingoistic and flower-waving, but even apart from that, it's just bad naming. It's just... Why have the redundant bits? Just just name a thing simply, crisply, clearly. There's a reason why British Rail's name was so successful. Nothing better. Anyway, um, so, that's the name. Now, we've got to revert... Okay, the operators are not to do with branding, but they are relevant. So we're going to just dive back into that and and remind ourselves a little bit of what we talked about in the last episode, where a lot of you were like, wait, what, what? You're introducing more operators than there are now. Ah." So, yeah, Lee Render points out the fact that... Yeah, Lee, in fact, in Leeds Station, of all places, in Leeds Station, I was about to hop onto a TPE and I overheard someone who was not that old um, asking someone about British... You know, referring to British Rail. It's like, oh, uh... Are you, are you from British Rail? When they asked them, and they they were probably in their like early forties, so it's it's very much a standard thing. Um, great ways. Please tell me this hasn't been a branding item for some previous infrastructure project. Yeah, John, it might be. Yeah. So the operators. So if you remember last time, I've changed the colours slightly for a bit of clarity. You remember last time, um, we talked about the th- kind of the three tiers of operator that I. That I'm considering. So three tiers of operator. So we'd have. Um, so there's the map here, and this this referred to like English devolution as well, which I think is a really important part of getting this right. Um, uh, is that you have? Um, oh, I've forgotten one thing, which I was halfway through finding and I've forgotten. We'll have to come back to to the to that. We'll, we'll remind me about a thing later because I got hold of the SVG off a friend of the show and I've forgotten to do something with it. We'll, we'll come back to that. Anyway, right. Passenger operations. We're talking about passenger operations for now. Uh, I'll have to redeem myself with the freight operators later. But so we have got the um, the, the the intercity stuff uh, is is here. So you've got all the intercity connectors, including some kind of dashed lines where they're maybe not. These are the major cities of, of the UK, by the way, the major urban areas of the of the UK, the big cities. Um, and sort of a system connecting them, not dissimilar to the current intercity network and the current intercity franchises. So um, Transpennine, Cross Country, um, East Midlands Rail, LNER, Avanti, Bro- a GWR. Those are all. When you list them off, you realise that's a lot of intercity operators. That there's no. They just just integrate them. Just make them one thing. So operators wise and then the other thing so that's 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 the first tier is is the is the in-city operator the next tier is the regional operators so those regional operators are like uh, and and i'm you'll see in the next slide i I put an asterisk on it because scotland and wales aren't regions they're countries but the regional operators are then the ones that operate within the island so um so you've got the sorry within the regions so you've got nominally the services that stay within the region so you know scotland uh transport from the north transport from the midlands Blah, 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 blah. These ones that we talked about in that episode. So jump back to that one if you want to want to go in. So the next, um, so then that kind of, if you, if, and then the city, re- that's, so the last, so, so intercity, regional, and then urban, the sort of city, re- the city region, the, the combined authorities or the cities, those break down. And so if kind of, so you've got, you know, like uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh, uh, the Northeast, but particularly Tyne and Weir, it might eventually expand to include kind of like, uh, Sunderland as well, and, and sorry, uh, expand to maybe like include like um, Borough and Teesside and uh, Teesside. Yeah, maybe I'm not sure, but that's kind of that's quite a large urban area. But there's quite a big gap between them. Anyway, that potentially is a thing. Uh, yeah, West Yorkshire, Greater Manchester, Mersey Travel, South York, blah blah blah, blah kind of the big cities. And also, you'll notice Bristol's in there. Uh, Hampshire is the way I'm referring. TFH is what I'm referring to for 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 the kind of the area down here, Southampton and Portsmouth and blah. Um, and then sort of TF, we'll, we'll come to that one in a bit. But anyway, 
breaking this down, you remember, oh, let's get rid of my mug uh, here. Breaking this down, you get the tiers. So you get the national, the regional, and the and the urban, if you like. And lots of you are like, oh my god, that's so many operators. Um, but that isn't necessary. So yes. I would consider these to be discrete operators from an operational perspective. I'd say, for example, that Transport for the North, that's a horribly clashy colour there. There's Transport for the North, I don't want to scribbling it out. Transport for the North is, is, is here. Uh, Transport for the North would nominally be the operator of the train services. However, for a... Bra and, and also, you'll notice I did an asterisk, because I've said these are regional, but obviously Scotland and Wales aren't regions of the countries. But I think you understand my tiering, you know, relatively speaking, in terms of population and geography there. Nominally sort of fit into the same category as the other regions. Um, so then you get all these. You get Transport for the North, Transport for the Midlands, Transport for East Anglia, Transport for Wessex, Transport for Thames Solent, Transport for the South, and Transport for Dumnonia. If you want to understand why those are the breakdown, go to the previous episode where we talked about English uh, devolution. But those that's how I would break up the uh, that's how I'd break up England, and that's how I'd map the, the train operators in that way. Then you go to the urban areas, and then you see all the urban areas are... Um, actually, you know what? Before we go into the urban areas, firstly, yes, I'd have all the regional um, operators would be you know, technically and managerially separate, but from a branding perspective... Oh, yeah, I'll get to that. Right, from a branding perspective, let's go to the talk about the trains. So those are the operators, fine. And you've got the city operators there, and they're all kind of as they are, apart from a few. Let's go to... So, so here's, the, here's that graphic again, right? So uh, one national operator, then as I see it, the regional would squidge down into, uh, oh, why have I said, oh, yeah, yeah. So the, the regional would then squidge down into um, these, uh, into these sort of three and a half, because, yeah, I'm considering TFL is kind of a bit of a half and half regional urban, because it is a very large area. You know, things like Thameslink, that, those, those sorts of operations start looking um, kind of, uh, yeah, kind of smooshy. Um, yeah, lots of good questions, which I'll come to with Big Face in a moment. Um, so, uh, in fact, I'm going to just quickly go through and double check that I uh, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, good, good. I'm sorry. I'm just double checking that I corrected a an error in my slides, which I did, which is good. So there's a few questions already. So these are the operators. So well, I didn't really dwell on them, but let's go through. So we already have these city region operators. So TFE is already a Transport for Edinburgh is already a thing. SPT is already a thing. Um, Nexus is already a thing. The West Yorkshire Metro, whilst its branding is Metro and is therefore, it's not a Metro, let's not call it that, but that is, that exists and could be and should be rebranded. TFGM, already a thing. Mersey Travel, already a thing. Uh, still with what looks like horrendously 80s branding, the SYPTE, the South Yorkshire PTE, is still a thing. The Sheffield area PTE is still a thing. They could do the rebrand a bit like kind of uh, the West Midlands and... Uh, uh, and Greater Manchester, frankly, but that's still a thing. Transport for the East Midlands is not a thing. Um, there's a future episode in that because we're we're there's some there's some shenanigans going on in the background talking about what a, an S band for the East Midlands might look like. It's a very good test case of a, of some data stuff we've been creating. But I think that there should be a unified city region. I think there should be a combined authority for the whole of the East Midlands, uh, so Nottingham and Leicester and Derby, um, and associated sort of smallest sort of. Uh, kind of areas. But I think there should be a single city region you know, combined authority for those and I think it should have its own transport authority and whatever it would end up being called it should exist and it should run its own trains and it should be branded its own thing. And we'll, we'll get to kind of talking about this specifically in a minute. Transport the West Midlands already a thing. Transport South Wales isn't... This is a bit of... Again, this is a bit of a fiddly one, right? Because uh, there is already the, the, the kind of the... It's like, it's like this. The, the, the Metro... 
I think that's what the Metro branding looks like for the South Wales Metro. I think there should be integration because the, the, Wales is most densely populated. Yes, there are other densely populated areas of, of Wales, but particularly Cardiff, Newport that, that and the valleys is one big clump that should have unified branding across its transport and kind of will, and it'll be all kind of TFW branded, fine, but it's almost like, you know, would it merit its own? So I'm a little bit kind of, a little bit sort of question marky on this one. But I think possibly there should be their own sort of urban branding for this stuff associated with the Metro brand kind of across modes. So a bit of umming and ahhing about that. And again, you know, we come to TFL next. Obviously, TFL have a pretty well-defined brand. It's ridiculous to talk about it. So then all the all these ones exist. All of these exist other than other than this one. So so wait, let's let's clear me scribbles. No, didn't want to do that. Um, no, don't want to do that either. Let me do this. There we go. Um so, Transport for the West Midlands, um, does, that one doesn't exist, this one doesn't exist, and then this one definitely doesn't exist. Did I, to what extent does the Bristol one exist? Folks in the chat, does this, does this exist? Transport for Bristol, I don't think it does, but it should. So, th- those are the new ones. So, broadly, I'm not, I'm not actually proposing anything hugely radical at this point. Uh, from a branding perspective but my thoughts are that you'd have so you'd have this one a national sort of brand for the trains so you'd have a livery for the intercity trains um you know it might you know you have a livery for the intercity trains you could you know I, I, i'm afraid you're not going to have like what specifically should the livery look like because other people are better at designing liveries than i am but i'm just kind of giving you an idea of what i think the brand the identity should be of these services so i think in city should be the identity of the of the intercity services and i think that should cover all of the intercity services so there are quite a few things that are currently in the nominally intercity talks that are not let's put my little face back in the corner hello everyone i'm back there are quite a few things in the intercity talks uh, that aren't really intercity services and should be pulled out um into the regional operations so those regional operations um you know whatever they might be also there are sleeper services i think that it's uh, so for example i think the caledonian sleeper branding is quite nice um, I, I think the cost is extortionate, but I quite like the Caledonian sleeper branding. Even if you rail alphabetified it, I think it looks great. So I think keep that branding because it is they're such unique trains. The Caledonian sleeper and the, and the Night Riviera, there's only two of them. I think they're such unique trains. Put a double R on it so that it's more of an obvious, you know, uh, British rail identity. But keep that branding, keep that identity. I quite like it. You know, I think it looks good. So I think we should, um, you know, uh, retain that identity. So that's the. That's the the kind of the the national level. So that yeah, that's our intercity services captured like that, right? Well, while we put this thing up, I know my face is in front of TFE and, and SBT. We're going to answer some questions, so I'm going to go big face. Yo, hi everyone. Right, let's let's do let's go. There was uh, there are lots of questions that fired through, so let's see what I'm see what I'm missing here. Um, integrate them them with a, a swallow livery. Yeah, I suppose you uh, swallow livery is lovely, but it's of its time a bit. I, I think keep it simpler, keep it a bit more. Uh, keep it a bit more with like just intercity brand kind of as i've shown um uh, let's see uh da, 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 regional level operator uh rather was was uh rafael what 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 you're saying i, I might have missed your question uh wasn't there gb railways or rail freight company yeah yeah there's freight okay that reminded me of freight uh yeah we'll, we'll come back to that so um do, 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 do. let's see um uh, oh yeah, bring back Bra- what Bra- British Rail Engineering Limited. Uh, that's kind of irrelevant. HST trains, much as I'm sure he'd love to do that. That's kind of irrelevant and, and not not wouldn't be particularly useful. Um, 
Let's see, Barry Jones, uh, TFSE covering Kent through to Berks and Hans is still pushing for corporate status. Yeah, the trouble with TFSE is I think it covers too large an area, actually. Uh, this is why if you go back to the episode where I talk about the, the, the regional uh, you know, English devolution, I think actually splitting that area is more useful because actually they, they all do different things and have different cores. So, I, yeah, I, I think you split them. I know TFSE are going for, like, a bit more, but, um, yeah, anyway. I mean, you know, okay, fine. I, I, I don't think, you know, I'm not going to get upset if that ends up being a thing. Fine, if the southeast ends up having kind of a larger operator, fine, whatever. Um, so, what else? Let's see. Uh, Raphael, operating company doesn't need to, to be uh, brand-wise visible. Yeah, exactly. So, all those operators, so to see where I split that regional, you'd see, I've got the slides over there, that regional thing where I merged them all and said one. Yeah. So they'll have lots of operators, but I think useful. I, th I think there's there's not necessarily. They might have little. It might be fun for them to have slightly different tweaks, and I and I quite like the idea. And we'll get to that in a minute. I quite like the idea, maybe of of like you know the um uh you know perhaps the the operators from uh Dumnonia maybe puts a little bit of a twist or some sort of slight twist. I think there's a potential for that to make the branding interesting because I don't think it has to be totally homogenous across the fleet. I think there's an opportunity for, you know, for the different those different operators to do slightly different things, but they are all they should all be recognizably the same, you know, it's the same, they're just trains, you know, because uh, because because I think it's really important that there is a, an obvious distinction between intercity between the three tiers. So there should be an obvious distinction between intercity, between regional trains and between and for all of the cities, the city region services should be very distinctively that's a, an urban or a suburban service, you know, as in one thing. That's a Mersey travel service. That's a transport for West Midlands service. The regional services and the intercity services should look different to each other because they should do different. They should be designed to do different things. You know, regional services should generally be stoppers. Intercity services should generally be expressed. You know, they they, should, they they have an obvious different function, so they should be branded and look different. Um. Yeah, uh, so, that, so that's all that. What other questions have we got here? Uh, Tim Ballon, what do I think of Grand Union trains? I don't like it. Um, where are we? Let's see. Uh, John Christoph, I didn't think of this at the time, but have wondered about it since. How should the boundaries between these service regions work? Just intercity or maintain some regional overlap? You're never going to have it perfect because the, the, the network doesn't work like that. So there is going to be overlap. But I think basically what you do is you just have a pragmatic discussion, which I know is something that we're incapable of doing in Britain. But um, where a service is obviously within a certain region, it should be a um, it should be owned by that particular region. If there's a service that runs kind of substantially through two regions, say, then I think consideration should be made for maybe splitting that train. Genuinely, that service should be split because I, I think it's use. There is value in keeping the regional level services to be more hub and spoke, so you rely on the intercity to get between them. But that might not always be practical. At which point, you just kind of, you know, the advantage of that regional brand is that it, it can do both. If if it if it really is not a, definitely not an intercity service, but it's spanning across two, then doing both is kind of you know then then that's the advantage of having this kind of unified brand covering the regional services. So. I think that's fine. Covering like, uh, you know, if it's covering three reads, again, you know, similar sorts of things. But broadly, I think ideally you'd be you'd be jiggling timetables a bit to make regional to make those services that are the regional brand within the region. Um, it's a good question, though. Um, uh, Martha. Yeah, that's a good point, Martha. Martha Lawrence saying, I realise it's not an intentional graphic choice. It is a little bit. Um, but with Tynan, we're Merseyside and GM all having yellow-based schemes. I'd love for yellow and black to be a standard local transport colour scheme. Me too, a little bit. Uh, there's a reason why I did it. I like yellow and black. It's quite distinctive. It's quite different. 
I have kind yeah, uh, and I'm not saying there should be uniform because I, I we'll get to transport for West Midlands. Um, there, there are a few that have already done some quite nice stuff that I don't that I frankly don't think should change. So yeah, we'll we'll get there. Um, yeah, Crossrail for example is crossing multiple borders, but that would be that is a transport for London service. Likewise, I think Thameslink should actually be a transport for London service, but it might well have hybrid branding. So you might have like the regional. You might have like the double arrow to just indicate, yeah, this okay, this is a TFL service, but actually, it kind of does a bit of both. You know, I, 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 branding can be flexible. I don't think I, I don't think this should be super rigid because if as soon as it's super rigid, it kind of stops working. Um, uh, yes. So, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. If you want me to see about your questions, by the way, remember to at me in because I kind of scoop over things that aren't added to questions because I there's there's lots of chat. Um, will there be more trans so this is not about fares fares is an all totally different discussion yes this would steer I'm sure this would end up steering fares but fares is a whole different discussion and I think I just couldn't have that discussion without bringing on a, an expert and I know precisely the person who I would bring on it's not Barry Doe by the way let's see to Dog is that RA1 or RA2 on the word marks um it's where you see kind of things that look like RA2 it's or, or look like Rail Alphabet. It's the official RA2. I, I nabbed it from places. Uh, but I can, I'm not going to distribute it because I'm being a good boy. But I do have it and I will continue to play with it. Xander Feech enjoyed his... Uh, Xander enjoyed... Xander, you enjoyed your schnapps. Good. Um, excellent. What about Glasgow? We'll get to Glasgow. Uh, we're going to get to the cities in a minute. Uh, Miss Cattrap. Uh, should Thameslink be regional and commuter or decide what it wants to be? Yeah, Thameslink's always a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Um, I think it's right to have a service that runs through in the way that it does because it it, it does usefully it does provide a useful connection. But I think basically Thameslink is such a unique thing. It should sit. I mean, for me, prefer my preference is that Crossrail and Thameslink would kind of be branded similarly, which is a bit of a hybrid transport for London, British Rail combination. So they kind of do a bit of both. That's my preference. Obviously, that becomes a bit of a discussion about where the revenue goes, which is like, well, I don't care about that because I, you know, already we have revenue splitting between talks, so it should be fine. Um, so, uh, would regional train tickets not be valid on IC services? Well, I mean, that, again, it's a fair discussion. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I, that could be let's 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 park any fairs discussions because it's a very complicated subject about how that would work um because that becomes the thing well yeah okay if you book an intercity service you probably should just get on the intercity train kind of a bit like germany maybe that's the way to do it but i don't know other people might have, have different opinions um john Mannion is saying despite the nature of its operation should rail freight have its own branding yeah this is what i screwed up john you've 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 uh you've caught me which is because I've got an SVG of the uh, the old EWS livery, the the old EWS ident that 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 England Wales Scotland with the lion and the unicorn and the dragon. Isn't is it those three? I think is that what it is? Uh, and I would bring that back. I'd put all rail. I'd have so so there is currently a nationalised uh, a freight operator. It's direct. It's DRS. I'd change DRS's name to EWS. Uh, someone somewhere owns that brand. Buy it off them. Uh, and I'd call it EWS because I think EWS was actually a great brand. It's a fantastic brand, and that should be the state freight operator. I'm not. I, I frankly don't think we need to completely national. I, I think having private freight operators is fine, fine. But I also think that there should be a sub subsidised and supported uh, national freight operator, uh, state freight operator, and that should be called EWS. That answers your question. I don't have the slide for it, sadly. Um, I love that logo though, and I have the SVG because Tom 
Tom sent it to me. I have it, and I couldn't find it, and I then forgot because I got distracted. How frustrating. I've disappointed all of you, I know. Um, so, da-da-da-da-da. Tick, tick, yeah, to ticketing discussions. Yeah, fine, okay. The ticketing discussions happened. So let's go back to the... Let's go, let's go back to here. And, and no fates again. So, what was on about? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the... That's where we're at with the, the national... Uh, the regional, right, regional, becomes a more complicated question, right? So uh, I'm going to get my miniaturised face back again. What do we do about um, Scotland and Wales? Well, I've already had this discussion. Lots of people, uh, and I've had discussions with people at very high level who disagree with me on this. Sorry, but I'm right and you're wrong. And I'll get to why <laughs> momentarily. But there are two reasons, two very good reasons, why Scot ScotRail and... Um, and particularly, actually, Transport for Wales should absolutely retain their current branding, perhaps with slight tweaks and the addition of the double arrow here and there to just to just remind people that there is a contiguous system. But they should absolutely retain their current branding, retain their uh, typefaces, retain their logo type, retain their identities, and so on and so forth. Um, the reason, so that, so, so, two reasons for that. Number one, because. It's within its own region. It's owned by... You know, they, they are devolved, so get your hands off. Um, rightly, the people of Scotland and Wales sh should have ownership of the identity of their railway system. Number two, and, and this is less true for Scotland, but I hope hopefully that'll change, And uh, but it is very much true for, for Wales. Wales is planning... Transport for Wales is looking at an inter... An, an, a, a, a kind of a multimodal system. Their branding will be across modes. So who is GBR to run? And, and frankly, it's a stupid. It would be. It would look stupid to then have the railway being like uniformly branded to be the same as GBR, whilst all the other transport modes are branded the same. It doesn't make any sense, and actually, it makes the transport system worse. So TFW Transport for Wales gets to keep its current um, branding, right? Keep let it, let him keep it. Okay, maybe put the little double arrow. So so okay. So here's ScotRail. Fine. Likewise, Transfer for Wales. You just add the little, fine. You just add a little double arrow. Fine. It's not going to harm anyone's hurt anyone's feelings. You've done. You, you've you've reminded everyone that the the Transport for Wales rail has the the rail the double arrow. But remember, Transport for Wales use the double arrow anyway. So the the imperative of this is minimal. What's far more important is that Transport for Wales are, are looking at and and currently remember they're consulting on this at the moment. Looking at a uniform, a single unified transport system independent of mode. And so that absolutely has to be more important than, has to trump the idea of having the whole, you know, England and Scotland and and, and, and Wales having the same kind of, you know, typeface or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, this is, um, this is Cymru Sands, this uh, uh, kind of typeface. And Wales Sands is the typeface for like the station names and the actual body text. So there's two nice uh, fonts there, and they're both lovely. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so that's that. That's my uh, that's my rant. Um, yeah, so Rail Focus is asking about this. Yeah, um, they plan unified brand for all transport modes. Absolutely, it's critical. Thomas Gray, who would operate cross regional services between cities? Um, uh, cross regional service between cities. So you'd, you'd you'd have it as regional, a bit like I, I put earlier. You'd, you'd have it as regional, um, but it would be you know the, the the revenue and then the planning would be shared by a committee of you know a board of both um, uh, you know you know both of the of the operators, the behind the scenes operators that are run by the devolved. Remember, for me, this is because you know this goes back to our our thesis of the fact that our public transport can't get better in the UK without 
power major devolution to both the regions and the cities so so yeah you just have it you just um you'd run it that like that uh what else what was the other the other query we've got uh oh quite a few i'll go big face because there's quite a few questions coming in uh raphael regional identity is key also for branding uh still unified branding yep uh john Mannion. uh john Mannion would probably integrate rex and bidston into mersey rail i think do both so yes i have to be careful because i've worked on that and the reports i've just submitted on it are are still kind of floating about um but uh uh yeah no but the but I, I think you do a bit of a hybrid so you have it mersey you have it a bit a combination of uh it would be tfw and mersey travel like mersey rail combined i think that would be fine um and it, and yes you could have a shared id you'd maybe have a couple of trains that have slightly snazzy branding but the reality is it'd be a shared pool so yes it would end up being mersey travel um you know, Mersey Rail branded trains going down the Rex and Bidston line. But I think there, politically there's a bit of a, obviously a bit of a challenge there. But I think ultimately the way that project's going to get done is by collaboration between TFW and, and, and Mersey Rail and Mersey Travel, you know, the, the Liverpool city region. The reality is that actually they're, they're quite chummy. Uh, it might seem like a bit of friction, a bit of England versus Wales, but actually from my, my perception of what's happening, the discussions are quite friendly and positive and constructive about how that works. Um, so yeah, no, no, it's, it's a very good point. It's an interesting one to raise. Uh, a very interesting one to raise, uh, John. Raphael, uh, unified or integrated railway system? Yeah, we'll get there. Gareth Williams, keep the current TFW logo for transport in general and add the the um, double arrow, uh, uh, add the mode and irrelevant logo. Yeah, there's the, 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 TFW are working on that branding, but they've already worked out identity. So I think you could shove the double arrow here and there on the trains. But, you know, in terms of stations, the double arrow is already used as an identity uh, in terms of the totems and other things. So I, I don't think they'd need to do much. Um, uh, Richard Smith, I'm curious how well the TFW typefaces work for dyslexic people. Very well, because the one that you can see on screen uh, now is only used for, like, Transport for Wales. The actual, and a few things here and there, maybe. For the most part, Cymru Sands, uh, no, Wales Sands is used, which is uh, a very nice, readable uh, Helvetica-based, um, but slightly Celticified uh, font. It's good. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you that. I think that, that other font comes up momentarily. Uh, do, 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 do. So, let's see. Oh, so many things. I'm trying to catch up. Um, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, David or David is asking, uh, would a better name not be National Rail? No, because it's not National Rail. National, you know, uh, there are three nations, so it it would be national nations rail. No, National Rail doesn't make any sense as a name. British Rail better. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Uh, should a uh, B crossing? Should trains have different classes and regional services? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Uh, probably not. But maybe also, I I don't think so. I'm a, I'm like I'm in a, I think intercities where you put first class. I'm less fussed about it on regional trains. I think just make them nice. Uh, Xander is asking, do you foresee having public facing train numbers like in Switzerland with IC and RE trains, so you get the IC three or the RE twenty rather than nineteen twenty three? Maybe, but I possibly. But that depends on how tacked and the timetable works. For me, I want tacked. I want a tacked plan. I want there to be a a, a drumbeat timetable everywhere. Um, as, as far as we can so possibly uh maybe i'm not sure uh yeah agnostic i suppose as long as it's clear am i reasonably agnostic uh david shepherd says transport foils will need sub brands for buses and trains so double double hours would fit in there yeah exactly and they've kind of they're already kind of crunching through that um hs2 trains stop asking about whether we should build our own trains again it's kind of not relevant <laughs> 
Uh, no one builds their own trains anymore. Trains are an international endeavor. There's no such thing as a British built train. Um, just like there's no such thing as a non-British built train. You know, it's just irrelevant. Trains are built by international consortia. There's no, just, there, there is no situation where that isn't the case. Um, do, 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 let's see. It's worth segregating. Let's see. So, uh, oh golly, regional. Yeah, Stephanie is saying, I think regional devolution is fantastic, but inter-regional transport must be safeguarded from local nimbyism scuppering infrastructure projects. Yeah, it's a very good point. Um, it's a very good point. And this is where city regions become important and, and cities gaining powers to, to do infrastructure because you can't have the uh, people in the in the suburbs or the countryside stopping uh, city expansion. Happening. And likewise, the city can't inflict its terror on the, on, the, on the countryside, but there's a bit of a, you know, I think that's where you have the balance of, of, of regional versus urban devolution. Uh, lots of questions. Oh my goodness, so many questions. Um, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the National Rail is the post-British rail brand by the delivery group. Yeah, and I, I've never liked it. Um, oh. Okay. Right. Let's get rid of my face and go back to uh, this. There we go. Small, small face. Oh, no, I'm already back. You didn't have my big face. Right. Okay. What else? Yeah. So the regional brand. And again, in terms of how that livery looks and what the color you use and stuff, fairly agnostic. You know, uh, there's some fun to be had there. And, and I also think there's a bit of flair and a bit of variety um, bet between those different operators. You know, you'd start tentatively once people establish it and then you could sort of go a bit. But I think there's some fun to be had there. But I think fundamentally, you just have to get clever graphic people to be like, yeah, that's still recognizably a regional train. That's still recognisably in city train, and then obviously transport for London sort of sits around, sort of sits through that, um, uh, you know, and also is an urban, is both a regional and an urban operator really, if you think about Crossrail and and Thameslink. So, so there's a bit of yeah, there's a, a bit of blurring with TfL. Systems like this are not supposed to be absolutely perfectly rigid and, and absolutely apply and absolutely work. The point is that you you, you understand the kind of the, the point of it and then and then make the compromises st so that you're not. You make compromises that don't compromise the actual intended aim of the of the identity and why that why that sits there. So let's go. So that was national. That was regional. Those are fairly easy. Um, I know I'm in front of TFE and SPT. Then let's go to the urban operators and the urban branding. Um, let's have a think about what that is and how that looks and what we're going to do with those, right? Because there's a discussion to be had again on a similar level to ScotRail and, and TFW in the to what extent do we have the tyranny of gbr the tyranny of, of of rail alphabet i love rail alphabet too but i think there are places where it shouldn't be getting applied um and i, I think there are stations in england that should not have ra2 being rolled out Ooh, controversial let's see though so first of all tfe spt they have their brand i think that should be rolled out and should include as much as it kind of i mean i think they've got rid of all of them on it scotland have kind of walked back from this because they've they've gone for this whole of scotland having the same thing they've pretty much got rid of i think all of the spt branded trains because they were they they had spt branded trains for a while uh, if i had my way i'd reverse that again i'd have trains that match the, the kind of the the identity of the subway branding what is the subway branding is it it's not um i downloaded the font recently probably got the font somewhere where is it? Uh, let's go to my downloads. Uh, I think, is the font... Is it Lato or is it Clavic? I think it's... Is it Lato or is it Clavica? Any nerds out there? Uh, uh, I'll tell you what, I can open Clavica and have a look. Oh, no, I can't because it's... Let me go into my fonts. Fonts. Uh, Notto Sans Black. That is... I th that. So, so that's West Midlands. Fine, you can see that. That's Notto. Clavica is... Ah, that is um, 
Oh, what is that? Oh, what is what is that? Nerds. Let's go back a let's go back a thing. I think that Clavica might be um Oh could be transport for West is it transport for the West Midlands? Oh. And then what is Lato? Because Lato will let me know what. There we go. Oh no, I think no, no. Sorry, Clavica. It is Clavica. That is the SPT uh, brand, and then, and then uh, Lato is the TF is the transport header one. There are. I'm a typeface nerd. What can I say? Sorry, folks. Um, uh, yes, uh, Clavica is also Crossroads corporate font. That's interesting. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, what was on about? Yeah, these two. They're they're fine, but I'd actually where it's a where, 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 I'd get some of those trains should be urban trains. Also, particularly with with Glasgow, where you're going to be hybridising the, the creating the Glasgow Metro anyway, um, or Strathclyde Metro. I, I think you know beyond the subway. I think you're going to have to change that brand to make that uh, to, to to bring heavy rail within that metro that urban area branding anyway. And I think likewise for Edinburgh. I think there are some obviously there's a substantially less. Uh, there's, there's not as much of a of a, an urban transport network, but there is there is one, and I think there's potentially a value in in Edinburgh getting to have its branding on some of those trains, even if it's sort of a bit of a hybrid between ScotRail and the, and the city. So let's go to to Nexus to Tyne to Tyne and Weir, where Tyne and Weir have okay these these like uh, shiny uh, th these these things with the the kind of the two thousandsy shiny thing is a bit you know we've gone flatty now so there's a little outdated but Beauty of Transport blog has a really nice piece on these um, and and you know these these M's and B's and stuff are are Calvert that's that's that, that font is called Calvert it is by Margaret Calvert the very same and they've again they've been attempting although to a much lesser extent because of the powers they do and don't have attempting to have again a multimodal branding across the system so you know so rail could look like this you could have Tyne and Weir looking like this uh with with calvert combined with the double arrow you know uh, to kind of look like this that's that's uh, horrible but anyway uh, that that red on the purple sorry not not the not the brand so you could have that but you could also uh yellowify it and make it all yellow to actually make it unified because people might recognize it so yeah coming back to to what martha was saying you could you could kind of do that that is the yellow. It looks a bit grey, doesn't it? The uh, the Tynemore Metro yellow there. So I think I'm pretty sure it's a bit more vibrant than that when you see it out and about. Anyway, so Tynemore Metro, Mersey Rail. What a luminescent yellow. Uh, Mersey Travel have got their own thing going on again. I want Mersey Travel to have more power over their buses so they can franchise buses and, in and in integrate everything. But again, Mersey Travel they've got their own thing, and so Mersey Rail stations should be branded to be Mersey Rail stations. If only Mersey Rail trains are calling at them. It's a Mersey Rail station. Brand it as a Mersey Rail station. They don't need to have RA2. Um, unless there's an agreement they decide they want it, fine. But even then, I would say swing the branding so it is obviously a Mersey Rail station. I think our urban networks are really weak because people don't know whether it's an urban network or a, a regional network. We need to be much have much stronger, obviously, powers and funding, but also the identity of our urban networks needs to be much better. And indeed, you know, this, this is possibly no better represented than in the case of West Midlands Railway, that have, in my personal opinion, I know this is a bit of a... That's not really Marmite. There are a few people who don't like this. I think the West Midlands Railway branding is great. I love it. It's really fun. I particularly like the undercover uh, London Northwestern trains that have... I'm, I'm, I'm an undercover West Midlands Railway train too. I quite like those. I think they're, they're brilliant. Um, so, oh yeah, Nexus is a stupid name. I think people are saying Nexus is a stupid name. Yeah, Nexus is a very stupid name. It's a very, like... It's a very, like... Uh, like... Uh, place as a name for a club type sort of thing yeah it's it's a bit rubbish but um yeah i i think this is great why is this great well firstly uh that says west midlands that hexagon 
Uh, it's also got diamonds, which is relevant to the fact there is, you know, the, the jewelry. It's, it's just a really, the pineapple is great. Hello, pineapple man. I think the pineapple is great. I think the branding is great. Again, if we took station branding, so, so yeah, if, if we did this, um, or, or entirely got rid of the branding, it wouldn't make any sense because the whole point, you know, the Westminster's Railway fits into a bigger multimodal picture of bus, cycle, uh, metro. It's not a metro, not a metro. It's, it's not a metro, folks. Uh, Birmingham deserves its own metro. Calling this a metro helps make people not bought, not ask questions about Westminster's getting in its own metro. Uh, Westminster's Railway, uh, and then the broader picture is Westminster's Transport is the overall provider here. This is a good identity. It's a really good, strong identity. You know, it's you know the buses are branded with this thing. There's kind of there's a bit of variation in the buses, which is kind of fine and fun and and, and useful. But this is a defined brand. It's a defined entity. It's been thought about. The the, the city has has invested money in in a, in a brand that that for the city that has got people who care about the city going into it. Leave it. Keep it. Um, I like the WMR brand uh, livery on the trains. I, I think it looks good. I quite like the orange and purple. I think it's quite distinctive, uh, very distinctive. In fact, I just, I just, li I like it. I like what they've done. Um, so, yes, I, I, um, I, I, yeah, leave it. So, so the stations that have currently got West Midlands, West Midlands, uh, kind of this branding here, the West Midlands Railway branding, uh, you know, this uh, this style of branding, don't do this to it. Leave it. Let them have their typeface. Let them have their branding. Leave it. Unless it's a unless it's a mixed station where you're having regional services calling kind of as a, as a major part. But even then, you know, I'd, I'd honestly, it should be part. We should be. In kind of encouraging urban networks. So uh, yeah, I'm all for that branding being retained. So the stations. Oh, the stations. Uh, yeah, Stephanie, exactly. Trams are great. We don't have to stop euphemizing trams and calling them metro. No, trams are great. Call a tram a tram. Stephanie, absolutely agree. Yeah, full full blast. Um, I don't know where the Nexus name came from. It's a bit stupid, but it's um, I suppose it's, it's slightly catchier than the Tyne and Weir Passenger Transport Executive, right? Anyway, the stations. So very briefly, uh, we're going to flick through. I'm going to make you aware of these. If you don't know they exist, more and more of these are appearing, and they're fab. The team putting these together is Fab Frank. Uh, you know, Anthony, absolutely hats off to you. These are when I first spotted one of these. I think the first one I spotted was the one I'm going to go through now, which is the the Wayfinding Design Guidance. It's such a sexy PDF. It's such a good document. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, it's so good. It's 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 just really really good. Um, and 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 these are fantastic documents. And if anyone doesn't know, if anyone does station design or anything to do with these, go and look at them. The one for Public Realm, the one for station design is fab. They are such good documents and there are going to be more of these coming out and they're going to be part of how we, you know, how we uh, coordinate and, and capture best practice as well as as things like wayfinding design guidance. And, and and I would encourage, even in the case where I want West Midlands Railway stations to continue to look the same as they do, I think there are, you know, they can definitely learn a bit from the wayfinding design guidance and, and pull things out of it in the way that it is. You know, there, there are benefits to it, but um, yeah, they're very good. Um, and we're going to quickly flick over to one right now, actually. Here it is. Um, so, Wayfinding Design Guidance, here it is. It's a, I'm going to get rid of my face briefly so you can see how nice these PDFs... Look at that, it's very nice, isn't it? There's Network Rail. With their slightly weird, like, uh, squared rather than angled logo that doesn't match the italic L, but anyway, whatever. Um, so, let's uh, let's quickly flick through, shall we? There, there's a nice red page. Document verification, all fine and good. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, Marvellous. Happy days. This one's the 2021, which I think is the is up to date. Uh, I, in fact, I got these straight off the website, so these are still up to date. Uh, look, lovely, lovely, lovely. These are great documents. I bet they look fantastic printed out as well. Um, 
how to use this document. Look, there's some sections. There's, they're so nicely laid out and accessible. They're just such nice. Oh, it's, it's good. To return to the contents page, you can click on the double arrow symbol. Look at that. Isn't that nice? Oh. Click on any of the tables on this page. Oh, it's nice. So we're, I'm going to go through this fairly quickly. So if you're photosensitive, be wary. I might be whizzing through this fairly quickly. But um, so there's a there's talking about the guidance suite and the yeah, fine. Okay, so introduction, purpose, blah blah blah. So uh, introduction, yeah, wayfinding is important. Uh, yeah, this, this is great. What is wayfinding? Uh, yeah, here's a bit about grip stages and how they fit in with Reba. This is a bit outdated because yes, it's taking over, but I quite like grip. Fine, whatever. Um, principles of design. So let's talk about some general design principles. So we're talking about things that are cluttered. It's a bit of a uh, FYI, everyone. Your figure one, Frank, your figure one, and Anthony, your figure one has kind of got lost in the middle of this picture, which is a bit weird. I think that's a, a slight error in the image. Anyway, so you like clutter, issues with visibility, aesthetics, poor maintenance. So these are the issues. Talking about clear patterns, blah, blah, blah. Um, station environment, uh, consistent layout, clean layout, all this good, excellent stuff. Um, and here we go. So this is much of the British public associates the national. So they're calling it the national rail symbol, but it's, we know you and I know it as the double arrow. Um, this symbol has become identified with railway stations and is implemented both to direct uh, to managed stations, for instance, on TFL directional signage, as well as for station identification itself. Uh, therefore, Network Rail's corporate logo is not clearly understood by the public and can cause confusion if used on wayfinding signage. For clarity, this corporate logo should not be introduced on directional signage yet. And actually, arguably, they're saying this 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 identity maybe needs to retreat a little bit needs to pull back a little bit because you'll see the network rail brand on quite a lot of station concourses that very 2000 fady looking stuff i think victoria still has it on one of the boards waterloo might you know th th this brand is still visible it shouldn't be it doesn't need to be it's, it's not diminishing network rail and what network rail do but it's you know the double arrow is the identity that's the strongest the, one of the strongest identities in the world you know it's it's a fantastic symbol and um and the the rules about it, yeah, number twelve is 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 not actually published yet, but it will be eventually, and it has all the details about the double arrow, championed by um, Hendy himself, in fact, who cares very deeply about the identity. Um, so there we are. So there's stuff about sight lines and all this good stuff. Lots of really good stuff. Wayfinding strategies. So it's talking about clutter and axes and all this good stuff. Flow mapping, decision points, locating signs. So this is understanding where you put signage and and and, uh, and the way that you're going to have you know that, that humans behave in relation to different signs and how they might interact and all these good things. It's really it's it's yeah some some really good uh, ergonomic stuff um, in this. It's just it's fab, really really fab. Um, so yeah, so here we go. So then so you've got like talking about the, the passenger departures arrivals, great. Uh, talking about inclusive design, so how you view things. So it's talking about eye levels and, and how you actually see things. And um, uh, there we go. Decision points. Lots of good stuff. The information structure. So this is stuff about how you structure information. There's all the all the glyphs, all the inf and then a bit of an information hierarchy about what's the most important, slightly less important, not even as important as that, and then less important again, which is the commercial element. So uh, yeah, so firstly, it's essential journey information. Then it's onward journey information. Then it's amenities and facilities, and lastly, it's commercial establishments. That's the hierarchy. And here we go. Then you get the uh, here's RA two, and here you get the um, the the hierarchy of, of information and the way that it's grouped. Uh, there we go. And then the graphic standards. Here we go. Look at this, isn't it? That's gorgeous. Rail alphabet two sign medium. There we go. So there's the typography. Rail alphabet two, marvelous. Um, 
you can contact Network Rail to get hold of it, but they're a bit touchy about letting it through. Uh, so it's in the brand hub, but you may we don't get as normals don't get access to it. But uh, so here we go, uh, and, and then this is and it's it's all the stuff you'd expect. How it's how the signs need to be spaced, just like my corporate identity manual behind. This is doing the same job. How you do all that spacing how you decide on what is spaced where and, and how you, f you know, pictogram alignment and all this good stuff. Um, so some stuff about uh, typeface sizes, uh, how, how big things need to be depending on how far people are expected to see them. Some color palette stuff, all good stuff. You might recognize some of these. Um, oh, isn't it, isn't it good? Lovely. Um, and then, the pict then some pictograms. So there you go, some examples of pictograms uh prm so prm stuff gets a gets a kind of a, a, a different color around it to be to be obviously distinctive lots of other pictograms the library there we go uh stuff all this good stuff marvelous arrows there are some arrows for, for for everyone and and this is all excellent and most you know, all the regional stations uh the network the current network rail stations the big stations so you know maybe even central and and, and Waverley, uh, you know, Glasgow Central, Edinburgh, Waverley might well have that look because they're an in-city station, they're network rail owned. I'm at peace with that, frankly. Um, I, I, it's kind of as it is now. They're network rail branded. I think there's, yeah, so, um, yeah, they're network rail branded stations. So they will eventually get this, you know, they'll, they'll get this. And I think that's fine. I don't think that steps on devolution. You know, it's, they're, they're big stations that, 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 that this, this is good best practice to roll out on them. Fine. Um sizing and, and blah blah sign families and, and it's I'll, I'll flick through so we won't dwell on it look totems and station identifiers and exterior station name sign so this is what it should look like you should have the the arrow on there by the way there's the double arrow should be on with the station name uh i've noticed a few stations without it and it looks crap uh there we go horizontal alignment vertical alignment saying what is good and bad practice lovely um there's some nice totems also the way out information is always at the bottom and it's got that black and yellow rather than the white and black so that's fun there we go there see way out black and yellow just to make that absolutely clear because it's a safety thing it's it's useful and then in different directions and look at this isn't it fab isn't it great oh look at this uh yes we are going to get frank on rail natter at some point i think it'd be great to get frank on i'm going to continue scrolling lots of information this is the corporate identity manual basically um platforms and oh look at this isn't it marvelous first aid in green there um look at that integration with other systems so there's some stuff about advertising about cluttered advertising and and, and how to tidy up this is giving the example using liverpool street actually it looks awfully like liverpool street to me um so there's some good stuff about how that's all split up there's some discussion of different totems and urban wayfinding systems um that's by space agency which is which is nice so there's there's, the, there's this thing so this is fitted onto um so that's kind of yeah that's the the the, the recognized urban wayfinding which can be part of the sense it's recognizable for those cities you know um great uh west midlands have you know, birmingham has those as well they're nice security digital science future technology blah 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 uh, illumination which is important some stuff about illumination um glare should always be prevented you know that sort of thing um yeah there you go and then there's some reference documentation in there, and that's the, that's it. Isn't that fab? Isn't that a fab document, everyone? Don't don't you agree? Uh, maybe you don't. I do agree. I think it's great. Absolutely fab. Uh, and here you can see where it's being rolled out. So uh, this, you can see uh, RA2 here being rolled out at Euston. Marvellous. And frankly, much less successful at Ribblehead because they've missed a bit. Where's the double arrow? Uh, that that should There should be a double arrow there, folks. That's not been done right. Oopsie. Um, and I don't think it looks good as a result. Um, so, uh, Martha asked a good question, which I'm going to get to shortly. 
Um, yeah, there are issues at Birmingham New Street. Don't worry about that. They, they are fixing it. So, um, kind of answering, Martha Lauren has asked this question. So if we have good design standards for stations that materially improves accessibility, how much should we devolve and how much should be a national set of standards? So there is a there's a natural, it's not really, it doesn't have to be a conflict, but there's a natural, uh, you know, there's a potential that accessibility and integration and identity feel potentially in conflict with each other. So this is an example, and I particularly picked this example because it does two things. Not only is this a West Midlands railway station, and so it's branded as such, it's access it, they have their own accessibility, and the devolved, so the cities should be trusted to make the right decisions on accessibility. So yes, we have a national standard. Uh, these will match all of the national accessibility standards. That is a guideline document. It's not a standard. The, the thing I just threw up is a guideline document, not a standard. So for network rail, that they have to follow it. West Midlands Railway, for example, should be left to use their own branding. They have followed, they've ensured that it's accessible. The reason I picked the Stratford-upon-Avon is because it's also a heritage station. So they've done some interesting things to keep it a heritage station. And, 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 and I think it works. I think it looks good. Uh, I think it looks really good. And I think it's good. I think we should... Uh, I'm just going to fix my slide because I made a mess of my slide there, as you can see. I think we should retain uh, this sort of uh, because people. I think people should feel ownership of their local station, and if if incorporating some nice heritage element within it, I'm actually at peace with that, so long as accessibility is not impacted on. And I think that um, in this situation where you've got a heritage painted station, all the nice stuff like this, um, I think it's that Westman's Railway should retain the branding on these stations. Not only because it's a huge waste to change it all, but also because it's part of an urban transport network. It is therefore should be the power. The power should therefore be falling to the urban transport operator. Um, I feel very, very strongly about that. The power of that devolution. Uh, Richard Smith, uh, there's a thread yesterday about Birmingham. Yes, yeah. So Birmingham has screwed it up, uh, uh, and it's going to be getting updated uh, in the process of getting updated properly. But Birmingham's branding has been a, a right hodgepodge and a bit of a mess and they know and the people in charge know that and they're going to fix it the reason i bring that up is, i talk about heritage stations is because oakhampton's another example we had oakhampton up earlier um another heritage station looks nice this is um isn't within the city region it's uh sorry an urban this isn't within our urban operators this would be a regional station but again the that uh, identity is fine to be retained so long as the material signage is not obscured, so long as it's still accessible. But I think a little bit of variation is allowable. And, uh, you know, it gives a bit of flair to the designers, but it should match, you know, Oakhampton's an example of a station which will match that station design guidelines. It just needs to not do so at the expense of... Um, uh, I think it's nice to have this heritage element. I think that's fine. I'm, I'm at peace with that. It's just, um, yeah, uh, it shouldn't compromise accessibility. So... Um, yeah, here we go. Right, so that, there we go. Uh, which which font from looks like something from a fairground? Which one? The the this one? Nah, it's good. Anyway, right. So let's go back to Scotland. So you have the ScotRail Scotland's Railway uh, brand. So the, the the identity. This bit is great. This bit is also pretty good. Maybe you could do something like this. But I the thing is that that's fine. People get that. Okay, Scotland's. It was going to be called. It was yeah. It was going to be called Scotland's National Railway, which is why this subtitle still exists, and it's very stupid. It's like yes, I know it's Scot Scotland's Railway. That's what ScotRail is absolutely transparently a contraction of. So I I still think 
you know what? The double arrow is is used on station signage. You know, the double arrow is always there in a red stripe. Uh, maybe you perhaps put the double arrow like in the position where this train is operated by first or a bell. You put the double arrow there. But you know what? No, let's stick with it as it is now. It's fine. I like the branding. As for um, the, we're talking about the about uh, Wales Sands versus. So this is Cymru Sands. This is Wales Sands. Uh, it's a lovely, lovely typeface. I adore it. It's marvelous. You can see um, Cymru Sands being used for things like platforms. I, I quite like that approach. It's quite nice. Um, this is great. This is lovely. And again, it is based on good. It's based on this is this is very accessible. A huge amount of research has gone into this to both make it very accessible and also to give it a bit of an identity for Wales. Keep this exactly as it is. All Welsh stations should be branded thus. You know, they should, the, well, TFW should retain that brand. So, um, yes, uh, keep keep all that as it is. And yes, I have put the, oh, sorry, I just hit the mic. Sorry, everyone. I've just deafened everyone listening to this. How oh, rude. Yes, you might want to, to put the, the double arrow in, in, but I don't think it's vital because they included, what you do need to do, TFW, you need to get, you do need to get rid of all those horrible fat double arrows. That is a thing that TFW need to do because they are dreadful. Um, so, uh, there's a few people suggesting things about what we could do here. I mean, you could, you could maybe move this to, to put it over here, maybe, but I think it might end up looking cluttered. I, I think it's fine. Honestly, I think it's fine. So that is that. Um, oh, for exit, you could put yellow on black for exit. Yeah, that's true. You could, you could ask Wales to correct that to, to, to be yellow and black. That is a thing you could do. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, but um, you know that's the sort of thing that might just get generally up, generally updated. Um, so there we go. That's my view of what branding should should be on on the national rail network. Um, you know we've got twelve and a half, thirteen urban areas. I think those should have strong identities. I really do think they should have strong identities, and those identities should be entirely controlled by the by those cities. They're not going to do anything that's not accessible. You know that graphic designers there are standards for starters but also graphic designers want to create something that's good and accessible and and, and i don't think that's going to be compromised um so uh yeah there could have been dragons on the on the tfw branding but i think they kept it fairly neutral i i love it yeah no the d the d is because of the fact that in welsh i, I like the d i like the d it's it's a bit of a flair and also it's the fact by the fact that you've got the the um then becomes a bit of a, a bit of a thing of its own you know the the sound in welsh so, so it makes sense. Anyway, that's that. Um, so for my, my general feeling is that, yes, we want uniformity, definitely, but also we want a sense of belonging. So I think there's there's value in in, in elbowing around with it, even within the regions that, that have the nominally uniform branding. I think a bit of a bit of flair, a bit of belonging is important. But if we look at that, you know, if we think carefully about it. Uh, the most important thing for me is, you know, uh, particularly for ScotRail and for these two, you know, they are looking at integrated transport and so they need to keep their brand, number one. Number two, it's devolved, leave them. And as someone else said in the chat, no one here is talking, and this goes for the regions as well as for the urban brands, no one's talking about stripping TFL of its station branding, right? So why would we be stripping TFWM or Transport for Greater Manchester or Mersey Rail of their station branding we shouldn't be we absolutely should not be those city regions are city regions just like london is you know and the attitude that they're not is one of the fundamental problems with the way that we do transport in britain so tfwm 
TFGM, you know, those brands, those brands should stay put and I'll be very angry and I'll make a big bloody stink if, they, if they're getting replaced. So here's hoping on that front. For me, this is like the key takeaway from all of this, absolutely key, is that multimodal integration must beat unimodal uniformity, right? So if you've got a system like TFW or a system like uh, Transport for the West Midlands, where they're looking at multimodal integration and so common branding across the modes, that takes precedence over wanting to put RA2 over all of the stations, right? Absolutely, that takes precedence. And that feeds back into why I think the urban stuff is really important, because it's where you have urban networks that are generally multimodal. Regional networks are not multimodal, are not likely to be multimodal, and that's fine. Um, but urban networks absolutely are, and therefore they should have their own branding. There we go. Whew. How was that? Does that make sense? Uh, I'm going to go through this, speed some more chat. Let's see what some of that chat is. Uh, lots of people there. Regional identity within unified integrated branding. Yeah, fine. Um, yeah, yellow and black for Ashland. Yeah, 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 agreed. Um, Oxford, Cambridge, Arc, urban area. No, I don't agree. Uh, the Oxford, Cambridge has been too uppity for too long. EWR is a, uh, is, is, is a regional system. If they want to run intercity trains over it, which they should, great. But no, it's a regional system. It's a regional railway. Um, no, I, I think we should be doing less to, to favour Oxford and Cambridge uh, rather than more. Um, yeah. No, good. It looks like people are mostly not angry with me. Um, West Yorkshire PT's branding was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, West Yorkshire just needs to totally, it needs to, the thing is it hasn't got a mass transit system. It hasn't got any thrust to actually develop its own identity. I think South Yorkshire is the same. Both West Yorkshire and South Yorkshire need to develop their own, they need to have a TF whatever type, their own sort of uh, branding. Um, uh, yes, it's going to get screwed up by DFT. There's going to be battles between... You know, I, The thing is, I don't think Westminster has the political capital to fight the battles in Wales and in Scotland. They probably will try and fight them. They've got Streety on side, but equally that might go in favour of TFWM because Streety presided over that, that unified branding. So mm, Burnham, again, it's a battle they're not going to bother fighting, I think. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit hopeful that we will see... Um, that we will see... Uh, what I've proposed kind of coming to fruition. And my hope is it will. Is it will. Alfonso Lepulce. No, not Alfonso Lepulce. Uh, Victoria. Victoria's asking about historical liveries on trains. No, don't do it. Don't do it. They look dreadful. <laughs> they look awful. Okay, things that nod to previous liveries, fine. But new trains don't suit old liveries. They look awful. That HST that's painted like a Pullman is dreadful. Worse, that HST that's painted like the Coronation... Scott is dreadful. It's awful. Don't do that. New trains, new liveries, you know. Um, uh, right. David Shepard saying, intercity trains going through regions should advertise the local brands on the digital signage. They could do, yeah. Yeah, for sure. John Mannion. I wonder if the regional branding or similar could be applied across various modes. Possibly. There's some thoughts to be had there, but I think generally in the regions, you don't have that mixture of multimodal, or, or rather the, the population is disparate enough that you don't perhaps have that that coordination. But equally, as we said, you know, if you've got transport for the north, maybe you do end up having a bit of coordination between, you know, buses and and so so yeah. Uh, again, it comes back to my. I think for me, there's a bit of, a bit more of a blurry area there, depending on the different regions, um, depending on what they do. But I do think in that situation, the regional station should be RA two and should be the RA two style. I think that's the way to do it. Um. Oh, so, oh, there we go. That. Oh no, the sixty nines are fine. So heritage liveries on on. 
British Rail era locomotives is fine. That's good fun. And I even quite like the BR Blue 66. It's ridiculous, but I like it. That's fine. That, that, that's Don't get me wrong, that's fine. I'm talking about multiple units that are just in no way designed for, for historic um, historic liveries. So, that was all that. Um, an hour and 24 minutes. I'm so sorry. Although that ended up being more compressed than I thought. So, um, great. So, available on all podcasting platforms. You'll be glad to know that the podcast is up to date. Sorry, everyone, that your podcasts have been delayed. Hopefully, I'll get this one done this week. It, it's just something else that I have to do and I forget and, and so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, but it is up there. Uh, I have there's there's some slightly new ch- settings have appeared in Podbean. Please let me know if things don't up to date. Update. Please let me check whether everything is. Uh, basically, let me know if there's an issue with your podcast. But it should now be this one isn't up, but the previous ones should be. So uh, yeah, check. Um, Patreon. I've already plugged the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Gareth Dennis. If you want to to get the 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 inside track on a few things, um, uh, and get some some goodies, uh, I, I'll get better at sending things through Patreon as well. I, I do a lot of stuff through the Discord server, which by the way is slash discord where the chat continues in in perpetuity. Perpetuity. Uh, PayPal.me/slash Gareth Dennis for the abuse and the spare change. Uh, Masket.co.uk/slash collection/slash Railnatter. I don't need to read that. Just search rail matter merchandise and you get the we need to wash the treasury mug and the face mask uh face mask being uh in in my pocket it's it's always here it's it's, it's very nice there it is. There's, there's the mask uh lovely rail matter looks very nice it's got colton junction on it beautiful uh put that in my pocket otherwise i'll forget and then i won't have a mask oh those good things um what else so oh yes teases teases so um the Archipelago series is soon to return, folks. Um, we're going to be back on the Amphitros Islands very, very soon. But first, there are two little uh, recap videos that I'm pulling together. They're, they're nothing special. They're not pulling in. I was going to do something epic with, like, gently tracking shots showing the cities uh, aging through time. Uh, maybe I will do little focuses on each of the cities or something in the future, but I don't want to... Um, I don't want to uh, stop me from getting on with continuing the series. Frankly, that you know, the uh, uh, Transport Fever Two has been updated. It's got an exciting update that's done a lot of good things. So the series is going to restart. I won't dwell on this because some of you might not care. But for those of you who don't know, this was a massive series. It's huge. It's fifty-five episodes long so far. We've done a hundred years. I'm going to do a recap. I'm also going to do an episode run through. By which I mean I'm just going to put the thumbnails for each episode up and and very quickly, like super quick fire. I'm going to try and do it in like a limited number of seconds, a super quick reminder of what each episode, uh, what we covered in each episode. So like a sentence per one, just as a bit of a, a bit of a guide. Um. Yes. Also, the first episode. By the way, now oh, thanks, Rail Focus. Tracking shots on TPF two is a nightmare. Yeah, used to know, useful to know. Um, there will also be before the full series resumes. There will be a. Uh, Patreon-only special episode where we, where I will on stream, open up the new, I'll open up the save with the new, um, uh, with the new update and see if it works. So you get to see me cry if it ends up crashing and not working with the save. It's all vanilla, so it should work, but we'll see. So Patreon, if you want to do that, subscribe to the Patreon, or if you're in the Patreon, keep an eye out for the links. That should be fun. Um. The next plug is for next week. Next week is, uh, we're going back to hashtag not a metro. My flow diagram that I teased months ago uh, is going to get its own episode, which is next week. We're going to go through that, um, going to go through that, and it should be a laugh. It'll be good. We're going to talk about how to categorize mass transit systems. So the call to all of you is bring the, bring your mass transit systems, bring your weird and wonderful mass transit systems that you want to try and break my categorization flow chart. 
bring them along uh, bring along the rubber tired paris metro it's a bus folks uh, do it bring them bring all of your edge cases along and we will stress test my categorization system and we can all have a laugh and not take it too seriously slash i will absolutely be taking it rigorously and 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 and, and rigidly and seriously so that's next week Oh, everyone, uh, the last plug I've got is for, this isn't actually what the cover looks like, but it is, it is, uh, it's now available, still pre, pre-order, I think, Paris Marx's book, I'm working my way through it, I'm already in chapter three, it's so good, oh my goodness me, it's so good, get it, read it, it's brilliant, Paris, hello, shout out, very, very good, um, a very good book, Road to Nowhere, Silicon Valley and the Future of Mobility, it's, uh, so there's a nice introduction, where it talks about social context, there is, the, the first chapter talks about the history of, basically, us making our, society car centric and, and how that ties into all of the bad lots of bad side effects of that and, and how it happened in the first place i think the third chapter or, or the, the second non-introduction chapter then talks about the social context of techism and tech taking over as a thing and the fact that it's root and the ideologies that it's rooted in and the fact that it's hyper capitalism gone it's 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 very interesting very good very engaging read honestly it's great paris it's brilliant um buy it read it well worth a read Anyway, that, everyone, uh, oh, there are some questions. I'll quickly go through the questions. Um, let's see, so, 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 so. Which talk uh, has the worst livery currently? Oh, that's a tricky question. Uh, are, are there any really bad ones? I'm trying to think if there are any really bad ones. So they're, generally, they're all pretty good at the moment. I don't like the northern livery. That's not very good. Since they made it all angry, shouty capitals, I quite liked it when it was lowercase. Um, what else? Possibly. What other liveries? I suppose some of the southern ones aren't maybe great. I think they're all basically fine at the moment. Um, I'll have a hair. I'll have a shave and a haircut by the time you next see me. By the way, folks. Um, Xander, you're saying that I don't want to see Network Rail, uh, Network Southeast on the seven hundreds. Yes, exactly. Uh, where does the G logo fit into my plans? Nowhere. That's my own empire. Uh, Michael C. How soon? Doing exams at the moment. Would hate to have to miss the return of the series as a result. Oh. Uh, those episodes should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. The the, the tease ones and then the full series will follow. Um, da, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Raphael, the liveries back then were all adapted corresponding to trains. Uh, yes and no. Oh, no, they were, you're right. Um, they just put that livery on a modern train, it, it doesn't work right. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Alfonso the Poultry, glad it's coming back. Uh, I assumed I'd got, I'd got fed up with the glitches. No, 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 it's coming back. I was just waiting for the, the I was giving myself a breather and then and I thought I might as well wait for the next update because it's going to help dramatically for the for everything to work properly. Um, here we go. All hail the white paper. Um, what white paper? What am I missing? What have I missed? Anyway. Um, Categorisation, the only good question is for what purpose? <laughs> because it kind of comes into to the tram versus metro thing, like people calling things tra uh, metros that aren't, uh, and it means both that trams are, are seen as not a thing that's cool, and also that metro systems don't get built, in the UK at least. Oh, here we go. Right, enough of this. You're all lovely. I've had such a nice time. That's been great fun. Um, we've lost all... We, we reached about 150 list, uh, viewers at one point. That was good. Anyway, 152. Everyone, have a good evening. I've waff waffled on for waff far too much. Uh, far too much. I'm going to leave you all in peace and quiet. Cheerio! Cheerio! Bye!